there was a farmer who had a donkey and a goat. And the farmer loved the donkey because the donkey is useful. He could carry loads and he could help him work, whereas in goat didn't help him much. So the farmer loved the donkey more. And the goat got jealous. You know what? You know, farmer loves the donkey so much, he doesn't really love me much. So what can I do? And he said, you know what? I'm going to go and tell the donkey to slack off so that maybe he would like me now. So the goat went to the donkey and said, you know what? You know, you're working so hard. I feel so bad for you. I mean, you're working every day and it's just too much. I think you're too tired. Let me tell you a trick. When, you, when the owner, the farmer, gives you lots of load, just, just pretend that you, you're too weak. Just collapse. Just fall down. And he may think that you are getting too weak and maybe, maybe getting too old, and he, will, he may give you less work. Thinking that if he doesn't work as much, he may not love the donkey more. He may love him, the goat, more. And the donkey was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that, I'll do that. And the donkey went. Every time he had heavy load, he would just fall down. And the farmer was worried. What do I do? This, this faithful donkey that's been helping me all this time is now getting weak, and he's falling down all the time. And he called a vet. And the vet came and checked the donkey and said, you know what, donkey's getting weak. The best medicine is the goat meat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the goat is now killed, and the donkey is treated with goat meat. Now, do you get jealous sometimes? <laughs> there is a story in the Bible where the disciples might have gotten jealous. The story is found in Matthew chapter 17. We don't have time to read the story, so we'll just, we'll just go on. But basically the story is that, the, that Jesus took three disciples and took them to the mountain where he changed. He, he transfigured into a, a, like, he showed glory of God up there, up in the mountain. But if you just come to think about this, out of 12 disciples, Jesus only picked three. Peter, James and John. Only three up into the mountain. Now, the other nine disciples, if you were the nine who were not picked and Jesus was taking those three up into the mountain, how would you have felt? How would you feel now if you were that nine? Man, Jesus is taking those three up into the mountain. They're doing something. And I get to stay here. Why? I mean, why not me? You know, I like... I help him too, you know, I'm, I'm one of the disciples. Why not me? Why those three only? Do you ever get jealous? And those three, what did they do? They climbed up to the mountain at night. They prayed with Jesus, right? They were chosen to pray. Was it a favoritism? Essay Bible Commentary said that Jesus picked those three, Peter, James, and John, because they understood better the truth that Jesus was sharing. So they had the heart open to understand the truth better. And also, Desire of Ages, page 420, says that only the three who are to witness his anguish in Gethsemane have been chosen to be with him on the mountain. So those, th those three who would see Jesus' suffering were chosen to see his glory before. So they were chosen to pray 
with Jesus. Now, friends, do you think this will be a privilege to pray with Jesus? Would you like to pray? Would you like to be chosen to pray with Jesus? A lot of people loved it when Jesus was sharing the miracle, showing some awesome things that you know other people can't do, healing people, like creating food or something amazing, calming the storm, something like walking on water, something amazing. People love to see that. But how many people love to see Jesus going through agony and praying? And how many people would volunteer? You know what, Jesus? I'm with you. I'll pray with you. If you go through suffering, I'll be with you too. How many people, how many of you are willing to do that? These three were picked to go through that. And I pray that Jesus would, or God will see us and say, you know what? I see that you have the heart. You have the faith. You have the desire to go through the suffering of Jesus as well as his glory. I will choose you to pray with Jesus. And I pray that God will choose us to go through that suffering as well. Just like God picked these three disciples. And some people say, this was just Peter's dream. This didn't really happen. Like, they were sleeping anyways, right? When Jesus was praying and those two men came and he turned into a glorious person, it was just, he was dreaming. Was, was Peter just dreaming? This is what Peter says in 2 Peter 1, 17 and 18. For he revealed honor and glory from God the Father when, his vo- when the voice came from him from the majestic glory, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves hear, heard the voice from heaven when we were with him on that holy mountain. So Peter states it as a fact not a dream. So this, is, this really happened. And some people might think, no, this is just Peter's dream. No, that's not true. Um, that really happened. Just think about this. So the disciples go up, and they're sleepy. Like, it's really late at night. And um, they're tired because they hiked up to that high mountain at night. They went up to the point where they went up until they couldn't see anymore. It was so dark, they couldn't really hike up the mountain anymore, and they were praying there up in the mountain. And while they were praying, disciples are just half asleep, half praying. Have you done that before? You're praying, and you fall asleep. (laughs) And then you wake up like, was I praying? Was I sleeping? Was I dreaming? (laughs) Have you done that? (laughs) Disciples were doing that. They were asked to pray because Jesus told them to pray. And they're like, okay, Jesus, we'll pray for you. And they were praying, and then like, God, Heavenly Father, and then you pray like, and you fall asleep. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And then all of a sudden, they wake up. What happened to Jesus? He transfigured. Now he is shining like the sun. And next to Jesus, you see two different people. Who are they? Who are they? Elijah and Moses. By the way, how did they know that there were Moses and Elijah? Did they ever see them? Moses was how many years before the time of Jesus? 1,400 years prior to the time of Jesus. 
How about, how about um, uh, Elijah? About 900 years prior to the time of Jesus. So there is no way the disciples have seen them with their eyes. I mean, it's just they were, they were too old um, for them to be around. Or they were too young to see them. It, it just doesn't make sense. But somehow they figured out it was Moses and Elijah. They might have been talking and, and Jesus was calling them, Hey, Moses. Hey, Elijah. And they caught up. Oh, that's Moses. That's, that's Elijah. Probably. And another question is that what language were they speaking? Because at that time, time of Jesus, Greek was the main language. But Moses spoke Egyptian, not Greek. Greek wasn't around. Hebrew. Uh, Elijah, probably Hebrew. So Jesus didn't speak Hebrew. He probably knew Hebrew to read the Hebrew Bible, but at that time, a lot of people didn't speak Hebrew. So that's why they, they translate the Hebrew Bible into Greek Bible so they could read it and understand it better. So what language were they speaking? Or were they speaking the heavenly language? I don't know. How did the disciples understand what they were saying? Or did they not understand that their conversation at all? I don't know. We don't know. But it's just an interesting thing to see that. Now, how many of you have seen the sun with your naked eyes? What happens? Your eyes can get blind for like two seconds. If you see the sun, you can see the shape, the round shape of the sun. If you look around, you don't see anything else, but you see, just see the bright sun. It's just your eyes are just too bright. You can't see anything else. That's probably what happened to the disciples when they saw Jesus. His face was shining so much, couldn't really recognize him. But let's pause here for a minute. Did they recognize Jesus? Peter, James, and John, they were half asleep. When they woke up and saw Jesus, did they know it was Jesus? Yes. Peter talked to him. Jesus, I like this. If you like it, I'm going to build three huts here. One for you, one for, one for Moses, one for Elijah. I'll do that. We'll build something. We'll build a tent so we can stay here. We, I don't want to go down. I like it here. So he was talking to Jesus, meaning he recognized that was Jesus. Otherwise, they would have been frightened, ran away. So question, when you go to heaven, when we go to heaven, will we recognize Jesus in his glorified body? Yeah? Do you think you'll recognize your friend when you go to heaven in their transformed bodies, glorified bodies? Um, some of us here have like gray hair and some of us have like, wear, are wearing glasses because our visions are not as good as before. Um, some of us, I mean, you know, like we're getting older and um, it's, it's not perfect. When we have glorified bodies, do you think we'll have wrinkles on our faces? Probably not. Would you like to wear like contact lenses or your glasses when you go to heaven? No, I don't think Adam and Eve had glasses. I don't think they had gray hair. <laughs> so we would have perfection in our body. Will you recognize each other? Will we recognize our friends? I think so, I think so. It would, we would look different. I, I think I would look younger. I may be taller, who knows? <laughs> but I think we would rec recognize each other. That's how it would be, because 
you know, that's, that's how we can guess because Peter recognized Jesus there as well. But, you know, was there any other time that um, someone in the Bible had their face shining? Moses. Moses. After spending a lot of time up in the Mount Sinai, his face was shining. So people were scared to go, to, go talk to him. So what did he do? He had a towel over his face, like a veil over his face, so that people could actually go, go talk to him. Now, but Peter, James, and John, were they afraid of Jesus when he was shining? Or were they not afraid of Jesus? They were shocked. Like, wow, this Jesus, my friend, is shining like the sun. And if you think about it, was it just shining like the flashlight right over here? If his face was shining like the sun, I'm thinking, just, it's not in the Bible, I'm thinking the whole mountain was shining. Maybe the whole area was shining. I don't know. But I didn't think it was just that area. The, the glory would have been a lot more because that's just what I'm thinking. But they were not scared. They were talking to him, right? But if you were to see the glory of God now, today, in our sinful nature, what would happen to us? We would die, wouldn't we? We would die. Um, okay, so remember in John chapter 18, verse 6, this is the time of Gethsemane. The people, the soldiers came to catch Jesus. And there was one time the divinity was flashing in his humanity. What happened to the soldiers when Jesus said, I am? What happened to all the soldiers and the priests? They all fell back because of his divinity flashing for that split moment. Jesus' divinity, his God's deity was hidden inside his human body, right? However, when he said, I am, that just came out for that split second. And that was enough to knock them out. All the soldiers, all the priests, knock them out on that mountain. So if we, as human beings with sinful hearts, see the glory of God, his full glory, we can't stand it. In Revelation, what does the Bible say? The sinners, when they see the glory of God, glory of Jesus coming down in the clouds, what will they say? It says, rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of Jesus. Right? Now, Peter, James, and John, were they sinners? Yes. Were they perfect? No. But when, when they saw the glory of Jesus, maybe it's not the full glory of Jesus, but they were maybe a little bit scared and afraid, but then they were still talking to Jesus. However, on the other hand, the soldiers, the people who came to capture Jesus, when they saw the flashing glory of Jesus, they all fell back. Now, it's either one of those two. When we see the glory of Jesus, either you would like it and you will go to, see, go to see Jesus, or you will fall back, and you will say, rocks fall on us and hide us from the glory of Jesus. Now, which one do you want to be? If you are Jesus' friend, and if you have given your heart to Jesus, you would like it, and you will want to go closer to see the glory of Jesus. Where is 
Whereas if you are a sinner, if you have not given your heart to Jesus, when the full um, glory of Jesus reveals, then you will say, you know what? I want to run away from him. I want to hide from him. So whether you see the glory of God now and get closer to him and be saved, or you don't see the glory of Jesus now and you will see eventually see the glory of Jesus, glory of God, and want to run away from it and be killed. What is your choice? You have to choose, you have to make the choice now. What is your decision? Do you want to see the glory of God now and be closer to him? Or do you want to see the glory of Jesus and be killed by the glory of Jesus? I hope you'll make the decision to see, see the glory of Jesus now and, and be saved. Now, the, <clears throat> the reason why Jesus picked these three people to go up to heaven, go up to the mountain to see the heavenly glory of Jesus is that these people will go through the agony of Jesus and then they will remember the event. You know what? The Son of Man who is now being crucified, who is going through the agony now, is the Son of God. Remember, just not too long ago, we saw him in his glorified body. That experience would give him the courage, the encouragement, the faith to endure the time of trouble. So these three disciples have experienced something extraordinary and was able to go through the time when Jesus was crucified on the cross, when he was agonizing in the time of Gethsemane. My question is that, do you have an experience in your life that will carry you through in the time of trouble? Like Jacob, what experience did Jacob have that carried him, that strengthened him to go through his life? Time of Bethel. Remember the time of Bethel? He was running away and he had a dream that the ladder that reached to heaven and the angels coming, climbing up and down. And that dream, that experience, he woke up the, the next morning and said, you know what, this, I'm, not, I'm running away, but this place is a house of God. And he named the place Bethel. How about Daniel? What, in his life, was there an experience that was so personal, so extraordinary that he would not forget for the rest of his life and say, you know what, God is so real. Was there an experience like that? Yeah. Well, when, is, when was it? Lion's Den. Yeah, he spent that night, like, I mean, if you go into a lion's den, you'll be killed right away. He would, they, they, the lions will eat you. But Daniel had a special moment that night, and God protected him. There are so many people like that, like, like um, Abraham. Like, when he was offering his son Isaac, and the angel stopped him, or the voice stopped him, you can go through a lot of people in the Bible and they will have a personal experience with God that would keep them through the difficult times of their lives. Friends, do you have a moment with God that is so special that will carry you through in your difficult times of life? Is God a personal God to you? I pray that we all will have a special moment, a personal experience with God so that when we go through that difficult time in life, that we will remember and say, you know what? I remember God is so great. God is so personal to me. And he would 
be with me even now. And I pray that you will all have that experience. Now, it says Moses and Elijah, they were there. Uh, why Moses and Elijah? This event where Jesus was, he turned into his glory, and there is Moses and Elijah, and there was cloud. Right? If you read the Bible, there was like cloud, and that's like a mini second coming that happened previous, like happened before the actual second coming. It was a mini version of what happened. Now, what do these two people represent? Moses, something about Moses, he, well, they both are up in heaven now. What about Moses? He died and he went to heaven. How about Elijah? Didn't die and went to heaven straight. So those two, two people represent the groups of people that would go to heaven after dying, and the other one represents the people who would not experience death and go to heaven. When I first came here in America back in 98. Um, so I didn't understand English at all. I didn't speak English much. And I was here alone. I was homesick. I was alone. My parents were gone. I didn't know anybody when I first came. And it was not easy to go through. So I had to go through college. And I had to learn English. And I had to get used to the new style of food. I wanted my kimchi and my Korean food. But the cafeteria didn't serve that Korean food. They had like cereal and like milk and like um, hash brown and stuff like that in the morning. And I was like, I had to learn to like it. Now I love it. Back then it was difficult. If you haven't gone through that, leaving home, going to a different country, learning a whole new language and living in a dormitory, if you haven't gone through that, can you really sympathize with someone who has gone through that? You don't know what that means. You can try to understand what it means, but you don't really understand what it means. Do you think men understand the pain of labor? <laughs> we have lots of mothers here, <laughs> but men have no clue. <laughs> so it was my wife giving birth to JJ in Korea. There was no epidural. They probably is epidural, but like in Korea, still to this day, it's, it's an option. You have to pay extra to get that. But uh, most people don't go through that. So we didn't even know about that. So she was going through a natural labor, no epidural. And the doctor told me, okay, so stand next to her because there isn't much I can do. So stand next to her, hold her hand, just talk to her, encourage her, and like rub her back because she's going through just so much pain. And I don't know what to say. I said, honey, it's going to be okay. It's okay. And my wife said, no, it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I can say whatever I want, but I don't understand the pain. I would, if, if there was another mother, that would have been better for her. <laughs> but it's just, yeah. Like, if you don't go through the pain, you can't understand what you're saying. Like, if you haven't gone through a death of your family member, Someone going through that now, you don't understand. You can't empathize with that person. So why didn't God send the powerful, mighty Gabriel angel to help support Jesus? 
because Gabriel doesn't understand that pain. So God sent human beings to help Jesus. So someone who would understand the sin and the pain and suffering and the reality of living here on earth as a human being and came down and talked to Jesus and saying that, you know, Jesus, you can do this. You can do this. One on each side. You can do this. Besides that, the reason why God sent Moses and Elijah, I think, is this. If Jesus would say, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to die here. I'm just going to drop this. I'm just going to go straight up into heaven. Do you think he, he could have done that? Yeah. It was his completely voluntary act that, that he wanted to come down and, here and die for people. He could have said, you know what? I'm trying to do this for you guys, but you guys hate me. You don't understand me. You just want to kill me. I, I've had enough. Okay, bye guys. Adios. And he would have gone. Had that, if that happened, what do you think will happen to Moses and Elijah? They're up in heaven. They're up in heaven because of the condition that Jesus will die on the cross and forgive their sins. If Jesus does not die on the cross, Moses and Elijah have to come down. And they have to die. You get that? <laughs> so they were like, okay, Jesus, I know you're going through a hard time, but you have to die. I don't want to come down here. <laughs> So you better die so I can enjoy my life up in heaven. <laughs> That's why they came down. <laughs> um, but because of that, that sympathy, the empathy that they could, that could encourage Jesus, yeah, they were there. But on the other hand, they were like, Jesus, please do this <laughs> so that we don't have to come down. Now, <clears throat> it is a tremendous blessing and privilege that we can go through this pain and suffering here on earth right now. Yes, we are living in this sinful world, and it's, it's very difficult. It's painful to go through this pain and suffering. And some of us are affected by this, the curse of sin. And we go through this pain, sickness, sadness, tragedy, natural disaster, all of this. Yes, we are going through this, and it is difficult. But you know what? Heavenly beings, the angels, have no experience of this. Guess what we will do when we go to heaven? There are countless people up in heaven, the celestial beings, the angels, and other beings that God has created before, before the earth was created. And what will, what, what will they do? They are interested in what we are doing here on earth. When we go to heaven, because we have experienced the love of God in the next level that they don't understand, we will be the guest speakers, like the special guest speakers in that planet over there that we don't know. I don't know the names of those places. But we will be invited to those places and say, you know what, can you please share your experience of how it was like, how you have fallen, how you have sinned, and how Jesus' love had redeemed you and saved you. Can you please share your testimony? We'll be doing that for eternity. We'll be going around. We may not remember the details of the sin, but remember, we, will, we will remember the love of God, the power of love that has saved us. And we'll be going around and doing that. Do you want to do that, friends? Do you want to travel around the world, around, around the universe, and share the love of God, how God has saved you? And how, what kind of experience that you have, you have experienced here. 
and share the experience, the special moment with other people. You and I have the privilege to do so. If we see the glory of Jesus now, if we don't see the glory of Jesus now, then later on you will say, rocks, please fall on us and hide us from the glory of God. So it is my challenge and prayer that you and I will experience the glory of God today so that we would be with Jesus. How many of you want to experience the glory of Jesus today? I pray that God will give us that experience so that we would experience that and be his friend and be saved. You know, in closing, disciples recognized Jesus when he changed. We will recognize Jesus. We will go up in heaven and we will see Jesus. But for us to see and recognize Jesus, we have to recognize him here today. If you don't recognize his voice, if you don't recognize his call today, there is no way that you can recognize Jesus and his voice when you go to heaven. We have to experience him here today in your daily prayer, in your devotion, when you read the Bible, in your daily walk, we have to recognize Jesus here now today. And do you want to be invited to share his agony so we can share his glory as well? He only picked three out of 12. And I pray that he will pick us to say, you know what, I'll show you my glory, I'll share my experience with you so that you can bear with me when I go through the agony. When you go through the time of difficulty in your life, you have an experience, you have something to look back and say, you know what, God, even though I'm going through this so difficult time, I know you are real. I know you are my personal God, and your faith can carry you through. I pray that you would have that moment in your life. May, I, may our eyes see the glory of God today so that we can see his glory later on. May we have the testimony of Jesus in our lives. And may our eyes focus on Jesus and may we only see him in, his, uh, in our eyes today. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we want to see you only. We want to see your glory today. Just like the soldiers have fallen down when they saw the glory of Jesus. We don't want to fall back when we see your glory. We want to be your friend. So Lord, we give our heart to you. So Lord, we pray that you will please give us that special moment Please be our personal God. Give us that testimony. Give us that special experience that nobody else can experience. So when we go through a difficult time in our lives, may that experience give us faith and courage to go on. And may we join you when you come back again soon to take us back home. Please bless all of us so that we will share your glory today, so that we will share your glory in the future. Bless us now so that we will have the testimony of Jesus in us. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Christine, please come on up and close us with a closing song. <laughs>